Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio, where our mission is to equip men with God's Word and encourage men to walk in obedience to His commands. This is Brad Sykes, and I'm usually sitting alongside my good friend and co-host Doug McCary, but today we are beginning a unique format where I'm going to invite a guest into the studio each week to examine the Scriptures together and discuss the practical application of God's Word in our own lives. Today, I've got longtime friend and fellow SWAT brother David Gray joining me in studio. David, as always, thanks for joining me, brother. Thanks. We're glad to be here, and I'm sure people on the outside listening were thinking, oh, a guest today. Yeah, and exactly. then they hear me, and they say, what a meeting he's been on yeah. if he's not a guest. Well, David David, <laughs> walk, David walks into the studio, and I, I tell him to go over to Doug's seat. He's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was a he little surprised the, today. A little he, out of sorts. Does that chair feel okay? It feels fine. Yeah, yeah. good. Well, Doug gave us strict orders to limit our baseball commentary, but uh, obviously big news today. Queen Elizabeth, the longest reigning British monarch, dead at 96. Quite a quite a full life, 70 years uh, in that role. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, then think about the changes that have occurred in the world during that time. Amazing. And and what she experienced during her her time on the throne. Yeah, and I know you know there's a lot obviously a lot of different places you can go so we're not promoting one particular uh news um uh outlet uh, but I was just reading and and haven't even gotten through it but there's a good article um by uh actually Reverend Franklin Graham reacts to the Queen Elizabeth's passing. He says she's a true friend of the Christian faith, mm. and at least the first parts of it seem to be she may have been a believer. Yeah, um, I've read that before. I don't know a lot about her belief and her faith, but I've read things along those lines before. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it's uh, obviously this isn't a major impact in our world, in our country, but uh, it is for those over in the U.K., and I, I think it's uh, – Man, what a big shift! So now yeah. it's it's King Charles the Third, I think yeah, it is. I, yeah. I don't know what number he is, but man, he's been waiting a long time. Not yes. that he, and I don't mean that the way it sounds. No, yeah, but I mean right. he's been the uh, the heir for so many years, and and he's uh, he's seventy three. I think I was going to so. say he, he's getting up there, and yep. I mean you know, well, he could be on the throne for a long yeah. time if there's any uh, True. any uh, thread True. in his. G- DNA right. is genes. That's right. But uh, hey, listen, for those who are new to SWAT radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. This is a, this is, uh, on most cases, this is a live broadcast. We usually open the phone lines during the third or fourth segment to take calls. We, we may get the calls. We may not get the calls because we're going to kind of do a unique format today. But there are five essential elements to how we live out the mission of SWAT. Number one is God's Word. His Word is our authority. It is our starting point, and it is our greatest weapon. Number two is prayer. Prayer is the battle. It is how we commune with the one who is interceding on our behalf. We pray devotionally, and we intercede for others in prayer. Number three is evangelism. We proclaim the good news of the gospel, 
it should always be on our lips. We just believe that God has instilled us. In fact, Paul says to Timothy, guard the good deposit. For those who love Christ, for those who the Spirit has been indwelled with, we have been given a deposit. That deposit is the gospel, and it should be on our lips daily. Number four is community. Uh, We don't just gather once a week for lunch and a Bible study. We band together in authentic relationships and community service. You and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about our even our mission trip to the Philippines a few years back. So community is a big aspect of SWAT. But fifth is discipleship. In fact, in his final command before ascending to the Father, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, David, if you were to share a final word with your son before leaving this earth, your message would likely be a pretty important message. It it would be pretty weighty. Uh, Is that correct? I hope so. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about this. This was our Lord's final words to his disciples. Mm. Make disciples. And unfortunately, discipleship is often spoke of, but rarely practiced. Mm. Uh, It's easy to show up on Sunday morning, hear a good message, and forget the point by Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe Tuesday in my case. And I'm going to throw you a curveball here, but it might be be worthwhile just to take a minute – since you went through the five tenets, if you will, or main right. points of SWAT, and talk for a minute about the difference between evangelism and discipleship. Well, I, that's, I think that's, that's a good. distinct difference, and they're both important, Yeah, but they're different. Well, you know, and just a very high-level view of it, uh, evangelism is the proclamation of the gospel. It's the, it's the, the declaring of the good news. Yeah. Listen, when we declare the good news, I have never once shared the gospel with somebody where I knew how they would respond Mm. because it's not on me as to how they respond. God says his word won't return void. If I share the gospel, I've got to trust that God's going to do a work there. And I don't know what the response will be, but, of course, we've been going over the, the, the kind of the tenets of the gospel over the last five weeks, which is God's plan, his purpose is that he, we would be in a relationship, an intimate, personal, and dependent relationship with him. Well, then the, the garden, th- there was sin, and we are born in sin, and we are separated from Almighty God. We, we, we have no hope of getting that relationship based on our works. So sin separation, separates us, and it condemns us. Right. The third part of it is God's provision his provision is messiah it's christ jesus who went to the cross paid the price paid the penalty for our sin and then we have to respond either we reject or we repent and we follow him that's the gospel that's evangelism discipleship is simply teaching and walking and doing life we were talking about this and i know you and i have discussed this over the years that uh, Doug kind of highlighted this idea of the difference between uh, Jewish discipleship and Greek discipleship. Mm-hmm. 
we tend to be more Greek in the way we disciple. It's information, right? And information only, right? Whereas Jewish discipleship uh, has this idea that hey, come follow, follow. me. And but, even in that text in Matthew twenty nineteen, he says, teaching them to observe. Hmm. It's not just teaching; it's showing them how to do life together. Right. And it's easy to show up for a SWAT Bible study or listen to a SWAT radio broadcast and neglect the real work of transformation. Like we we prefer the information over the transformation. Right. In fact, uh, you know this passage well. All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In other words, God's word is meant to instruct us, convict us, correct us, train us, equip us to do good works. Right. And, uh, David, you and I have spoken many times over the years on the importance of discipleship, and yet after a recent survey— we determined that less than 10% of the men who attend a SWAT Bible study have ever been discipled by another man. In addition, those who had been discipled, only about 25% of those who had been discipled are actively discipling another man. Paul tells Timothy, he says in 2 Timothy 2.2, hey, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust a faithful men who will teach others also that's four generations it's paul to timothy timothy to faithful men faithful men to others what would our you know, what would our families look like what would our churches look like what would our communities look like if we were those faithful men who were able to teach others yeah and in a lot of cases david you probably agree it's not that we're not able most of us are able we're just not doing it right Right. And I think in our culture, what you said earlier about we're big on information, but we're short on um, relationship and we're so short on application. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I've been that way in my own life. Sure. I haven't wanted to be discipled plenty of times. You want to you want to go in, you want to take your notes uh, and you want it to be between you and God, so to speak, mm-hmm. and you want to be, be left alone, right? And right. and that doesn't work. <laughs> right. No, it, it really doesn't. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. And again, thinking about how interconnected these these main points of SWAT are between evangelism, well, first of all, God's Word and prayer, of course, but evangelism, discipleship, and community. We, we speak the gospel, like mm-hmm. you said. We declare the, as Doug points out the euangelion yes. right and mm-hmm. that the good news that our god reigns and he reigns through his son we we are part of that reign through christ and then discipleship and community because we're in community with other guys we have all kinds of opportunity absolutely to, opportunities to absolutely. disciple so yeah. they're all connected yeah no, absolutely and and we're going to take our first break but you know we're glad you joined david and me today on swat radio If time allows, we will take calls during our last segment. That's up in the air at this point. You can always, by the way, the phone number is 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. If you have any questions or comments as we're working through this, please shoot me an email at brad at swatradio.com. I've got my phone handy, got my computer here ready. If you have a question for us, we'll, we'll gladly address it here on the air. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
and we'll open up God's Word together. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes, David Gray, hanging out with me today in the studio. And uh, as I mentioned during the first segment, we are today is a little unique. Uh, I've already prepared David for what we're doing, but I haven't prepared you guys for what we're doing. So we are talking specifically about discipleship, but we're going to actually spend the majority of this broadcast just uh, kind of working through a passage of Scripture. And, you know, I was thinking about this. Teaching others is is not limited to your small group leader. I, I, I quoted Second Timothy 2, too, the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust of faithful men who will teach others also. You know, we, we have this tendency that, well, teachers are assigned as, you know, you, you got a small group leader, you got a Sunday school teacher, you, you got your pastor. And Teaching, yes, is one of the spiritual gifts, but it's not limited to those who have that gift. Uh, faithful men are to teach others, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to be doing. We're, we're going to be doing today, and our goal is to help you, the listener, see that it not only can be done, but it must be done, and you are likely the one to do it. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> This is not just for men. Can I just say that? Obviously, SWAT is a men's ministry. This is for men. This is for women. This is for students. Discipleship has to be duplicatable. Uh, David and I are not Bible scholars. Uh, We don't have seminary degrees. Well, you may be a scholar. I don't know. I am not a scholar. Uh, Here's the thing. We simply love the Lord and desire to be used by him to advance his mission. And so today is going to kind of look a little different than what our normal SWAT broadcast looks like. And, you know, sometimes people view discipleship as a teacher-student kind of relationship. And uh, 
the, the fact is, sometimes that may be the case, but that's definitely not the case between you and me. And uh, while Paul described Timothy as his child in the faith, I have to believe that Paul benefited greatly from the time he spent with young Timothy. And you and I have greatly benefited, benefited from those who were elders, those who mentored us. But we've also benefited from those we've mentored. Sure. And uh, well, it's as, the verse, iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. Right? We, 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 um, uh, yeah, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I think of the men that I have had the privilege, and I mean, I really mean that, just the joy and the privilege to to walk alongside this idea, hey, l- let's see what it says. Let's teach it, and then let's obey it. And so as you listen to David and I discuss the text today, our hope is that you see discipleship as something you can do. Because I think that's one of the barriers between people, you know, with, that keeps people from making disciples. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not a Bible scholar. I didn't go to seminary. I, I don't really know the word that well. You know what? Jump in. Yeah. I, I hope what they'll learn today is this isn't overly complicated. And you mentioned earlier, Brad, about what would our families look like and what would our churches look like. And, and you know, obviously if you're listening and you have a family of kids at home, yeah, that's the place to start. Amen. That's God's – you mentioned – Last time I was here, or you might have mentioned it off the air, your primary ministry is to your family. Absolutely. As, as must mine be. Absolutely. And, and it, I hate to put it this way, and again, it doesn't, I don't mean it like it might sound, but it's great practice. You know, you, 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 you disciple your kids and, and your spouse, and, and, and you and your spouse may iron sharpens iron with right. each other, right? Mm-hmm. It, doesn't oh, mean, completely. it doesn't mean one man, as in biologically, right. it means right. two people. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not ashamed to admit my wife has been the greatest tool apart from God's word and right. God's spirit right. to sharpen me yeah. into the man that I am today. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think we can also, a lot of us can say that. I can certainly say the same thing. Far, I, bet, I better say that because I think well, my wife I was going to say, listening. yeah. I mean, we're far from fully <laughs> equipped, but God has used our wives. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I say that a lot. I say, you know, my primary ministry listen is to my wife yeah. actually yeah and then to my kids yeah. and, uh, and sometimes it's hard doing that with your family members those that are closest yeah. to you but using the kids as the example when you when you regularly teach your kids or disciple your kids what i found is then when they get older you can talk to them you Absolutely. can continue to talk to them mm-hmm. about those things it may not be as often they're not at home but when they have a question or something comes up and you they want to talk about it I find that they will. You know, and, Dave, David, I had the privilege, uh, I've had the privilege multiple times, uh, obviously over the years, discipling my own sons, and I'm thankful for many of the youth pastors that had an impact in their own life. But I've had the privilege of actually watching my two sons preach. Mm-hmm. And they're not preachers. Uh, they're not, you know, what, what we would deem as preacher teachers. But, man, they know the Word. Right. They they're accurately handling the Word of God. Right. That's a great blessing. Yeah. Well, with that said, let's get into the Word together, uh, David. This week, uh, Doug and I have been teaching on saving faith. In fact, Tuesday, we talked about what saving faith is and what saving faith isn't. Yesterday, since it was a short week, we discussed the object 
of our faith. And one of the passages we camped on yesterday was from one of the parables that Jesus told in Luke chapter 12. And that's the text I thought we would work through today. And again, for, for the listener out there, this just gives them a peek behind the curtain as to what it looks like when you go meet with a young guy or a, a brother at, at Starbucks or wherever you go. This, this is basically the model that I use. And whether I'm discipling my sons, which I don't do that anymore, uh, although we still have community and, you know, there's great fellowship, there's other guys that I'm out there spending time with. And so you may be a dad wanting to disciple your sons or your daughters. You may be a, a wife and mother wanting to disciple your children. Whatever that looks like, kind of see this as a, a template, if you will. We're not the models. We're simply going to kind of put on display kind of what that looks like. And here's what we're going to do. We're, we're both going to read the passage separately, if time allows. Then we're going to discuss four questions from the text. Number one, is there one thing that jumps out at you from this passage that we're going to read? Number two, who do you identify most with in this passage? Number three, what can we learn about God and or people from this passage? And then fourthly, how can we live differently in light of this passage? So Luke chapter 12, we're looking at the parable of the rich fool in verses 13 through 21. So David, why don't you go ahead and read it? And if time allows, I'll read it as well. It's just a short passage. And I do that because one of the things that I do, David, is I say, okay, read the passage and then I'll read the passage. Then we close our Bibles and I basically say, okay, David, tell me what that story is about. Now, I don't need a deep, just generally, what is the story about? Right. Because so oftentimes we, we read through a passage and five minutes later, we can't tell you what it said. Yeah. You know, so anyway. Okay, Luke uh, chapter 12, 12 verses yeah. 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, meaning Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Okay. Let me read it, too, just so we, the listener can hear it. We can let it kind of get into us. Again, Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 13 through verse 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will 
Tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. May God bless the reading of his word. Well, Luke chapter 12, this this is a very familiar passage for a lot of us. Uh, you and I have probably worked through that passage personally, corporately, many times. And I'm sure many of our listeners are very familiar with that. But let's just start off with the first question, and this is what I do. Hey, David, I know this is a familiar passage, but is is there one thing... And there probably is a half a dozen things. But is there one thing that really jumps off the page at you? That Jesus takes a a real-life incident, a question that's kind of a petty question from someone, and uses it to launch into a teaching about a larger truth that God really cares about. Hmm. I guess that's that's kind of the note I made on what jumps out. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh, Doug's been talking about this idea that parable is like a basket with handles on the side. The mm. parable is the handles mm. on the side. It's easy to carry this message right. around to others. You know, one of the one of the things that is important that as we work through a text, for you listeners out there, as you're working through a text and you're discipling through that, again, this isn't teacher-student relationship. I think it's very important to not necessarily be the answer man but to go in there and allow god's word to really shape your own heart as well Mm. and i think about the fact that why do we have these stories we should go tell these stories and so uh i want to we're going to take a break uh for national news i can't believe we're already halfway through here Uh, we do want to hear from you during our final segment today if time allows so you can call us at 844-777-SWAT that's 844-777 Seven 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 nine two eight. If you're unable to call, send me a an email with your questions or comments to Brad at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as we continue to discuss the parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter twelve. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. We're glad you've joined us this week. Doug and I have been teaching and discussing Saving Faith. If you missed any of our broadcast, go to SWATradio.com and click on Past Broadcast. Um, In fact, if you or someone you know is struggling with assurance of salvation, go back and listen to those two broadcasts. Next Wednesday kicks off the start of our fall semester 
at SWAT. And if you're not involved in a men's Bible study, we would love to have you join us in person. We'd love to have you tune in on the radio, but even better in person. So go to SWATradio.com, click on the SWAT meetings tab, and find a study that works for you. There is also a Zoom meeting for those who are unable to make it in person. I think that's on Thursday night. But anyway, go to SWATradio.com. The next next week on SWAT Radio, Doug will be doing a review of Acts chapters 1 through 16. It's going to be a busy week. I think, in fact, David, I think you're going to be in studio maybe on Monday. I'm here with Doug on Monday and then you on Wednesday. Yeah, and then I'll yep. be back. I'm going to be out Monday and Tuesday, but I'll be back in on Wednesday. And so uh, while I'm out, then Doug's going to be out. Doug will be gone on Wednesday as well. But uh, we hope you will tune in and call in to be a part of the conversation. David, thanks again for agreeing to work through this sure, passage sure. Uh, with me today. Again, the goal each week during this particular broadcast is to provide kind of a model or a template for faithful men, faithful women to teach others. And so let's get back into it. In the last segment, we talked about what stood out from the parable of the rich fool. And for me, you know, gosh, for me, it was looking at this and I like what you said. You know, he he goes from a, a human kind of question a need or an issue and he shifts to a bigger a bigger deal a bigger teaching but uh to me as i was reading through this i'm really realizing how very shallow our hearts are you know and, and this is where i feel like it's we've gone from the shallow end and and the lord has taken us into the deep end mm-hmm. and he does that often and he takes the the, the the issues of life, and he, he provides a kind of a platter for us to feed on right. and to kind of get our minds uh, kind of set. But, uh, you know, the question number two in this template is, David, as you look at that passage, who do you identify most with in this story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I think if I'm honest, there's been plenty of times in my life where I would have to say I identify with with the with the fool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the how many times have I made plans, thinking without consulting God or just thinking of myself, thinking of my own comfort, my own pleasure, my own desires, as opposed to well, what does what does God want here? Mm. Mm. Or, or making plans like I know the future. Yeah. When I don't, yeah. mm. when I don't. Yeah. And that's another, of course, we can, we'll get into that. I'm sure. But wow. That, that, you know, we, and of course I thought of this, it's the verse in James four about, you know, you shouldn't go here, say, we'll go here or there and make right. money. You, you sh- if the Lord wills, if the right? Lord because wills. We yeah. don't know. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I, you know, clearly identify with the fool, which is not surprising to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying are you saying people who know you might not know oh, yeah. right sure very possible well you know it's uh, I, I agree and, and does that shape the way you even even the language you use you know so often hey i'll see you tomorrow hey i'll see you. I'll, you know i'm planning on going on this trip next week yeah lord willing yeah you know do we live in that state where we're always aware i mean david you and i have talked over the years you know we know god is sovereign god is on the throne we know you got a lot more hair on your head than I do, but even he's counted mine. He knows the details. Yeah. He knows the last breath. He knew Queen Elizabeth would die today. Right. 
So, th- so there's two ways to look at this, right? That and Doug has talked about this. There's the idea that <clears throat> because God has numbered our days and knows exactly how long we're here and what He has planned for us, we can just rest in that, in the sense that I and I please take this the right way. Anybody who's tuning in right now might hear this the wrong way. We're 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 immortal in that sense until until God is done with the days that mm-hmm. he has set for us. Yeah. But the opposite end of the spectrum there is so so live live assuredly and live contentedly knowing that we belong to him and that he's planned our days and right. he's going to take care of us yeah. until we accomplish and complete what he has in yeah. store for us. Well, and that's the thing, David. He has something in store for us. Right. In fact, we know it. We're looking at it even today. Go make disciples. Yeah. Now, there are lots of things that kind of come under that. Right. But right. we're to be on mission. Right. And then the other end of that, though, is what we're seeing here in the parable. Um, don't Because we have a set number of days and we don't know what that number is, don't live like a fool. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't live like we've got all the time in the world yeah. to do yeah. whatever we want to do and, and, yeah. and focus on our own pleasures. I mean, I think I told you before we started, I had a note in my Bible, you know, stop wasting time with things that don't matter. Mm, mm. So so maybe some urgency yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so let me answer the question because this is kind of how it works. You know, <laughs> who do I identify most in this story? Well, I, I wrote, I personally identify with the rich fool, but then I X'd out rich because <laughs> I'm, I'm just the fool. In fact, I, I'm the fool who has the idea that his goods are his. Mm. Uh, the rich fool, in fact, the rich fool uses the personal pronoun my five times in three verses. Yeah, My think. crops, my barns, my grain, and my goods. And then in verse 19, my soul. In, in a culture that says get all you can and can all you get, we tend to think God's blessings are somehow ours. You know, even the, the even the, the very minutes of our day, even the breaths that I take and you take, they're a gift from God. And and yes, we are to steward them, but they're not ours. That's a great point that he uses my five times. I yeah. didn't catch that. That's yeah. that's my, really my, great. my, yeah. my. You know, yeah. and, and I'm telling you, that's me. Oh yeah. That is you. It is. I mean, I tend to think, hey, you know, I worked hard. I did this. Man, look how beautiful my house is, my work is. You know, hey, listen, I hate to even admit it. It even trickles into a lot of your messages that I teach. Mm. Wow. Oh, man. I think this is a good lesson of mine. Yeah. No. (laughs) This is God's. Right. That's a great point. You know. Great point. It's Anyway, look. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, question number three is, what can we learn about God and or people from this particular passage? What do you think? Yeah, I actually, I had the advantage, of course, of you telling me the questions beforehand. So well, I, and, and, and so just let yeah. me in, in, inter, interrupt you here for a second. So. As we're making disciples and as you've committed, hey, I'm going to spend time with this person at Starbucks on Thursday afternoon from 2 to 4, whatever, 2 to 3, you guys are already familiar with the passage right. to begin with. And, right. and this is something we're doing at SWAT 
because we're, Doug has already taught the passage. Now we're going to get together and we're going to read the passage again. So we're already familiar right. with the passage. Right. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Well, just can learn about people, can learn about myself. I, I think we're naturally, we're naturally in our own, in our old nature and our sinful nature we're covetous and we're we're selfish right yeah that's yeah. we we and that's you know that's not a news flash right. but but we certainly learn that from this passage that people are concerned i'm concerned with my own comfort we we think we know the future or can presume upon the future and we make plans apart from god you mm-hmm. said it beautifully mm-hmm. like it's like it's ours to do what we want with right. whatever it is, right. possessions, time, talent. And I think in terms of what we can learn about God, um, God views a full life <laughs> as being separate from our possessions. Oh, amen. amen. Um, that he does not view what, what he would consider abundant life is not a collection of, of possessions. Um, and that he, and that he is the only one who, knows and has planned the future that's beautiful you know so well i i jotted down that one thing what i learn about at least people is that man's tendency my tendency let me just personalize it my tendency is to find my identity and my security in the possessions that i've been able to acquire Mm. i mean think about that i you know this rich young ruler is storing up barns and barns and barns of stuff. You know, we think about all the all the storage units. But let's get beyond the stuff and let's talk about maybe our financial investments, our 401k. You know, in, in the West, we're all about retirement. You know, when am I going to get to retire? Now, I don't know that that's ever going to be in, in my future, and I'm fine with that. But I think we have a tendency, if the stock market crashes – we get in a bad mood. That's me, you know. So I think there's an, an issue for me about identity and security. And then what it says about God to me is that God is the one who provides, and he demands our life and our loyalty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that sounds rather crazy, but I'm actually memorizing Colossians chapter 3 with my good friend Brian Doyle, who challenged me last week here is, hey, we're, we're, doing, we're memorizing Colossians 3. You know, we've been crucified with Christ. Um, okay, we say that. We know Scripture tells us that. But do I live like that? Mm. Have I given my life to Christ? Not just have I surrendered to his lordship, but even based on what we've been talking about here at SWAT this week, true saving faith is demonstrated in a loyalty to the Lord that he is truly Lord mm. in our life. So anyway, that's kind of where I was with that. I know we are going to take a, another break, and then we'll, we'll hit on question four kind of when we come back, which is how can we live differently in light of this passage? So here's a very simple passage. We've been through it a number of times throughout our life. Probably some of our listeners, you, know, you may be hearing it for the first time. I don't know, but this is the kind of the model by which we're going to make disciples. And so uh, feel free to call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. 
Again, you can email us your comments or questions to brad at swatradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back to discuss how this parable, the rich fool, changes the way we live. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are new to SWAT Radio, SWAT is a teaching ministry that seeks to equip and encourage men in their daily walk with Jesus Christ. The broadcast is made possible by the generous donation of listeners like you and corporate sponsors who support clear and unashamed teaching and discussion of God's Word. If you're interested in and learning more about SWAT Radio or one of the many SWAT Bible studies for men, go to SWATradio.com, click on the SWAT Meetings tab. We'd love to have you join us in person. If you're interested in supporting or sponsoring SWAT Radio, click on the Support tab for further information. Again, our phone lines are open if you want to call. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, you know, on live. Uh, you can call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928. SWAT. So, David, let's uh, let's tackle this this final question, and then if we've got some time, maybe we'll get some callers to to call in. And again, this is just kind of a template that I use when I'm meeting with guys. And uh, again, we've kind of talked about this idea, you know, teacher, student. Hey, in some cases, that is the case. Uh, I've done that a number of times, where I've been discipling a new believer who's just come to Christ. And there's obviously a, a different level of understanding of the Word of God. But when we're doing this, there's a there's a transparency there. And these are questions that really, it's not like, well, you're pointing your finger out. Right. You know, this is, a, as James says, it's a mirror. When we look at the Word, it, it should be a mirror to our own heart. So as we dig into this passage, it's these are really questions that are pointed to you not only as the the mentor, but to the mentee, it's, yeah. it's both. Well, you said to me during the break, how do you think <clears throat> this is going? Do you like the format? And I said, yeah, my first thought is I, I need this more than anyone, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's, and 
That's true. I don't just say that to be, you know, be a nice sounding cliche. I, I really, I, I, this, this is very beneficial yeah. for me. And I'm sure anybody else going through this or doing, I'm sure you feel the same way. And anybody else who's really understanding what this passage is about wow. and what scripture <clears throat> tells us about ourselves, it, it, it would feel the same way. Yeah. You know? Well, and you know, I mean, we, I just picked out this verse because yesterday Doug and I went through it. I thought, well, it's a good yeah, verse. Sure. It's a good passage. Sure. Listen, that's the beauty of God's word. We cannot plumb the depths of this mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. Uh, there's so everything. In fact, that's why I started off with what I did. All scriptures inspired by God. It's profitable. And so it doesn't matter, you know, where you want to go. And again, within the context of the SWAT Bible studies, we use the passage that Doug has taught on that week. So that we come back around with our, you know, either one other guy or maybe you have one or two. Uh, there are some guys that do this in a smaller group setting. We don't typically think that more than four in a group is that healthy, uh, just because it gives. We, I do one on one. I just I love one on one. I think it's there's a there's a vulnerability when there's just two guys together. I'm much more open. You're probably much more open in that setting to share struggles maybe that you're having, and so. Uh, as we look at this, uh, remember that it's all his. None of my possessions, not even my life, is my own. Like First Corinthians six, Paul says, "I have been bought with a price." Yep. And Isaiah forty four twenty two says, "I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud, and your sins like mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you." And if my life is not my own and my possessions are not my own, I want to live knowing it could be gone at any time. Not only could the possessions be gone at any time, but my life could be gone right. in an instant. Right. And so let's I want to look at this kind of this last question here. How can we live differently in light of this passage? Mm. How do we live differently in light yep. of this passage? Yep. Well, couple of the notes that I made were, first of all, coming back to the importance of the scriptures, right? In order to live differently, we have to know how does God want us to live? Mm -hmm. And we know by reading the scriptures. So first, we got to get it into us. You you know where I, what you always say is it's got to go through us. Yeah, that's right. Um, So first of all, it, it should convict us that, okay, well, God wants me to live a certain way. Well, how do I know by by understanding and, and, and spending time in his word? The second thing that jumped out at me, and again, this is this is kind of generic to any passage that we read and then ask the question, how can we live differently? Ask him to change me, right, mm. in the way that this passage outlines the way that he wants me to live because I can't do it on my own. Yeah. The Spirit has to work that word into me and change me, and and he wants us to ask him. That's going back to the original plan of the gospel, a completely dependent relationship on him, and that includes our ability to to be obedient to him and to yeah. live in the way that he was. So those two things are more generic to any yeah. passage that we read. What I have to know what it says in order to do it, and secondly, in order to do it, I have to have his power in me yeah. to, to, to change me. And then specific to this passage, that you know, the be rich toward God, right? And and mm-hmm. what does that mean? And and 
So it means how can I live differently? Well, I can start thinking and, and acting on the things that are important to God as opposed to the things that in my selfish state are important yeah. to me. Mm. And I think of the <laughs> the passages where where Jesus said, if you give a, even a cup of cold water to this little one in my name, you know, you've done it to me. If you, yeah. you, you, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. And they said, well, when did we see you in those? And, mm-hmm. and he said, if you do this to any one of my brothers or sisters, you're doing it to me. Mm-hmm. That's being rich toward yeah. God. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, when, when you look at this rich fool, when I look at this fool who's sitting in this chair, so oftentimes as I close deals and I get paid and all that, you know, even even in a very structured, almost legalistic way, I set aside money, the tithe. But oftentimes I'm not doing that with a generous heart. I'm doing it because I, I know I'm supposed to do it. It's it's duty, whatever it is, is that, to your point, be rich toward God. Look at what he has given us. I I can't help but think of uh, it's the John Piper's uh, quote from his book, Don't Waste Your Life. He said, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. Mm. How are we rich toward God? How could we be more rich toward God than to be satisfied with what he's given us? And yet, boy, I'm on that treadmill. I'm on that, that hamster wheel spinning around. I'm moving and moving and moving. And as the money comes in, well, I'll set aside a little here. Right. And then, boy, I'm going to make sure I've got enough. Right. You know, and it's I'm going to build bigger barns and bigger barns and, you know. Yeah. Well, to your point, and I – and and I think I can relate to what you're saying about being legalistic about giving and about the amount and and agonizing over that sometimes and that's not a rich toward God attitude right. in my in my heart mm-hmm. a lot of times. But I think you know we have a a guy that you've met before an elder at our church who does a um, during the offering every every Sunday he does a little a little tiny. Three minute message about right. and, and he and he talks about time, treasure, and talent. Mm-hmm. Right. So being rich toward God is not just with our money, that's although true. that's a very important way to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's Jesus knew money would compete <laughs> in yeah. our hearts yeah. for our affections toward Him. I mean, that's how this parable starts off. Absolutely. Hey, divide my brothers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I think he talks more about money than he does most other yeah. topics. But but it can also be. But but for example, to keep it on money. It can be blessing a server with a big tip, yes. right? And Doug's talked about that before and about that that's a way that we can bless someone else, especially if we've put God on display. And it doesn't mean we always have to be putting God on display with, with all kinds of mm. outwards, you know, but if maybe the server sees us praying before the meal or, you know, whatever. It might be something small like that, but we can bless someone yeah. and be rich toward God by leaving a little bit more of a Amen. tip, you know, I think, no, just as you, an example. You're absolutely right. And, you know, this is, David, this is why the coming together in, a, in this discipleship process is such a blessing to both parties. Because yeah. as you're speaking that, I'm receiving it. And I'm going, yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. God, whatever you've got in your pocket right now, monetarily, it's God's. In fact, the scripture says, I can't put my finger on it. I've got it memorized. Everything in the heavens and earth is yours, Mm -hmm. O Lord. This is your kingdom. 
We adore you as being in control of everything. Riches and honor come from you alone. You're the ruler of all mankind. Your hand controls power and might. And it is at your discretion that men are made great and given strength. I I am to always remember that it is at God's discretion whether or not that deal I'm working on closes. You're probably the same way. Well, and I think about when you say that, what I'm convicted of is how often I've wasted what belongs to God (laughs) and how often I've been flip with it and and, and uncaring with it and and selfish with it. I mean, that's just a great reminder that it it belongs to God. It's not mine to do selfish, sinful things with. Well, let me tell you how it's going to change me this week. Last week, in fact, Labor Day was Monday. And I don't know about you, but I labored on Labor Day. I I think it's supposed to be the other way around. And what I did is I got out in the garage and started cleaning up my garage because I have this thing about I want to be able to get both my cars into the garage. Well, just the fact that I've got a garage and just the fact that I've got two cars that could go in that garage. Right. But no, I can't get two cars in the garage because I got too much, you know, I won't say it, but I got too much stuff in there. And so I started going through a lot of it and I started putting stuff over here and stuff over here, kind of separating it out as if to say, well, this stuff here is really good stuff. This stuff here is not so good. I'll take that to Goodwill. This stuff I'll sell. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give that good stuff away. Mm. You know, isn't that weird? These things you accumulate that you're not using anymore. Right. right. Why don't we give those up? Yeah. Let's give those away. Great point. All right, brother. Enjoyed it. You close us out, would you? Hey, that was great. I think the format here is great. I hope people are encouraged by that. Again, it doesn't have to be an exact replica, but it's a great template, as you put it. And I hope people will uh, start to practice it. I can't wait till our next time. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to SWAT Radio. It's been David Gray and Brad Sykes. Doug will be back tomorrow, and I'll see you next week. Yeah, uh, Tommy Nelson tomorrow. Great interview. Looking forward to it. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirituality.